Terry and Jesse show two Catholics with a PhD in common sense, TGIF. Thank God I am forgiven. Not thank God it's Friday. <laughs> this is the, 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 we're almost at the end of the month. The month of February is dedicated to the month of the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary and Joseph, a devotion that goes back to the 17th century. End your prayers by saying, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, we love you. Save souls. Terry. Jesse, I want to just tell the audience how busy you are. Folks, Jesse just did the 9 o'clock, Jesus 911. Then someone says, hey, can you do a podcast with me? Oh, yeah, sure. He does the podcast. He gets off a couple minutes ago. Jesse, you got Terry and Jesse next. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm going to put him on the Bible with the barbers after this. <laughs> break. I just want you to know, folks, that you support Virgin Most Powerful. You're supporting guys like us who are committed to the truth of the faith. And I thank you for that because we couldn't do what we do without you. Today's topics, Jess, it made me almost cringe that man is, again, trying to act like God. This elite intelligent design group, they have a 500-year plan to eliminate the pesky humans and try to have some kind of technological person that's independent of anybody, even God. It's an unbelievable story. But it doesn't, you know, they tried this before and it didn't work. Also, oh, the yes, Tower of Babel. Yeah, exactly. And then... Understanding the Russian invasion in the Ukraine, we need to be praying because we know war is a punishment for sin. And uh, when we get into this topic, you're going to see that there's so many people have already lost their lives. Planes have gone down, tanks, I'll give you all that. But it's a uh, interesting because it's not as clear-cut as you think. There's a lot of elements in this issue. Yes. Also, if we want to talk um, about whose side is God on, in other words... You know what's interesting? I'll just give one little side note. Putin has restored over 2,500 churches in Russia, okay? So he is a baptized Christian. He's, you know, the Eastern right, Eastern Christian. But the interesting thing about it is, is he's putting up against, he's saying that the West, that's us. We're decadent. You know what, Jess? He's right. <laughs> I just never thought it would happen that, you know, someone from communist Ch uh, Russia would come and say the things he's saying. And so I just think we have to look at the facts and don't be blinded by what you hear in other places. So that's what we got going. But Jesse, today I asked if you could do the first reading from James and then the gospel reading because today's mass readings are just so rich and practical, especially when it comes to family life and marriage too in the gospel. So could you do that and give us some soul food, brother? First reading... Uh, the uh, letter yep. from the uh, reading for the letter of James chapter five verses nineteen to twelve. Yep. Do not complain, brothers and sisters, about one another, mm. that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing before the gates. That's a reference to God. That's yep. a That's a particular judgment, and that's also the judgment at the end of time called the general judgment. That's God. Take as an example of hardship and patience, brothers and sisters. The prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. In other words, don't be wimp, don't be wimps. Man up. Life on earth is warfare. Okay? Amen. St. James says, You have heard of the perseverance of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, because the Lord is compassionate and merciful. So two things he points out here. Job trusted in God no matter what happened to him. Physical calamities, financial calamities, uh, calamities with his, his, uh, with, you know, his property, wealth. And he still trusted in God. Why? Because he knew that God is merciful and compassionate. And Job never forgot that, even though his friends were saying and his wife, curse God and die. 
James ends by saying, but above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with, it, or with any other oath. But let your yes mean yes and your no mean no, that you may not incur condemnation. The word of the Lord. Thanks, thanks be, be to God. God. Our Lord Jesus Christ says, uh, he also says the same thing that St. James says in the Gospels. He says, let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. Everything else comes from the evil one. In other words, you don't have to take secret oaths like the right. Bible says right here, right. Like, the, like the Freemasons, like the Mormons, like, like, like the cults do. No need for that. Let your yes mean yes, your no mean no. Uh, don't get involved in these secret societies or especially these secret oaths. Everything must be done as, like, in the Catholic Church. It's done in public. You can see exactly what we believe and why we believe it. But as Catholics, we, in other words, St. James is saying, be men of your word. If you're a man of your word, uh, if somebody like St. John Paul II or St. Padre Pio or, or Father uh, you know, Gabriel Lamour says no or yes, you look at their, the character of their life and you know, that's all, that's all I needed to hear from them. He's a man of his word. He said yes. He said no. I don't need to hear anything else. Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verse 1 and 12. Jesus came into the district of Judea and across the Jordan. <clears throat> again, crowds gathered around him, as was his custom. He again taught them. The Pharisees approached him and asked, Is it lawful for a husband to divorce his wife? They were testing him. He said to them in reply, What did Moses command you? They replied, Moses permitted a husband to write a bill of divorce and dismiss her. But Jesus told them, because of the hardness of your hearts, he wrote you this, he wrote you this commandment. From the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and a mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, no human being must separate. Guess what? The Catholic Church is the only church on planet Earth that holds strictly to what Jesus taught here about marriage. There is no divorce in the Roman Catholic Church. I'll repeat it again. There is no divorce. Now, why did Moses, such a great prophet, permit divorce back in the Old Testament? That was not a God-made law. That was a Mosaic law. Moses gave that concession because a lot of men were saying, okay, we can't divorce our wives, and she's now old and fat and ugly, uh, no, that, I mean, that's terrible. I'm that's just, how it I'm, works, but that's how it works. Okay. I just have to be, I just have to be honest. <laughs> I think it's and, funny though. And they said, and look at this young mama over here, uh, that I'm lusting for. Okay. Uh, how am I going to get with this young mama? I got to kill my old wife at home. So that's what they were doing. They were killing off their wives. So Moses saw the hardness and wickedness of their heart. So he made a concession so they would stop killing their wives. That's the context of this. But our Lord Jesus Christ is saying, hey, but in the beginning, when, when, when God spoke in, in the book of Genesis, it was not so. It was male and female. He created them, joined them together, and no man must separate. And so it ends by saying, in the house, the disciples again questioned Jesus about this. He said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Just, I just got a one comment on that. Yeah. Because I just had a guy ask me about this. He goes, um, hey, uh, Terry, I got a question. Um, I'm divorced, and it was about 10 years ago. Uh, I, haven't, I still go to church, but I don't go to Holy Communion. Uh, is that right? And I said, no, no, time out, partner. 
Are you seeing another woman? No. Are you married a second, attempted a second marriage? No. Dude, whoever told you you couldn't receive Holy Communion because your wife left you or you're separating, you're divorced, you can still go to the sacraments. Now, where it gets, where, where you get in trouble is if you're seeing another woman because you're already married to one, you can't have two. Yep. And so that's where you can't be receiving Holy Communion. Jesse, I make that point because there's still confusion. They think that you're excommunicated if you have a divorce. You're not excommunicated. The church wants you back, wants you there because you need that grace, especially when you're having a divorce with uh, your wife or your husband to receive the sacraments and pray for because you're married to her whether you like it or not for the rest of your life, dude, until she dies. So you need to be praying for her and receiving the sacraments as part of it. Yep, that's right. And uh, in the Catholic faith, there is a process called an annulment, yep. but that's not a divorce. Nope. This is where the tribunal, after investigating right. uh, all sides of, of the issue of this of this uh, w- this supposed marriage, sacramental marriage, right. when the church determines that there was a what's called a defect of consent, right. in other words, one or both parties, they never intended to do what the church taught because there's four vows that you take when you listen to the vows. And so there was deception, there was a lies, there was fraud, there was or there was coercion, you forced the person, there was duress, there was menace. If there's something, Terry, that makes makes the, the consent defective, then the person didn't enter into marriage with their own free will because marriage requires, uh, uh, it requires Something to be freely entered into, faithful, fruitful, and forever. So if the first one is not there, it's not in place, if the marriage was not... Like here's a classic one. Okay, You get somebody pregnant, the, 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 the father says, Hey, uh, Mr. Rodriguez, uh, your, wife, your daughter's pregnant, uh, we're going to get married next week. Or, or the, fa- the, fa- the, the father of the girlfriend says, comes out with a shotgun. And says, hey, Junior, so when's the wedding? Oh, Mr. Rodriguez, the, the wedding is in two weeks. I promise it's in two weeks. Okay, th- and that happens a lot, by the way. Uh, that coercion would nullify that, that sacrament of marriage if it went to a tribunal because you can't tell somebody to marry your daughter while you're holding a shotgun in your hand. You think? That's just, that, that's just, a, a, just kind of a... a, 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 a a glaring case of what's called defective consent. Well said, Jess. And I just want to bring Sheen in after the break now, but I want to also remind everybody we have a marriage seminar tying this right into this reading. The 7th of May, Dr. Sandoval will be there. My wife, Mary Danielle, will be there. I'll be there. We're taking the Bible, the Catechism, Fulton J. Sheen's uh, book, Three to Get Married, and also Couples Awake Your Love by Cardinal Robert Seurat. So that's on the 7th of May. You can register by going to vmpr.org. Tonight, we have a special guest, Dr. Uh, French. He's going to be speaking about his conversion at 7 o'clock at the chapel. I'd love to meet up with you there. Come to it, 7 p.m. tonight at the chapel, a talk on the conversion of the Blessed Sacrament. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-526. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. I wanted to bring Fulton Sheen to the table. Let's get uh, that train running. Full Sheen ahead. Jesse, we've used this before, but this is so appropriate right now for our time. 
This was written 50 years ago. Bishop Sheen said, It wasn't so many years ago that those who rejected many Christian truths were considered off the reservation. <laughs> like, you know, marriage and divorce, remarried, yeah. Atheist, okay, here's what Sheen says. The enemies of the family are those who held that law was a dictate of will, not of reason. Today, Sheen says, it is we who are considered off the reservation. It is they who are on it. The Christian is today on the defensive if for no other reason than because he is an exception. Jesse, that has really intensified since the time he wrote that. Think about that. I mean, YouTube took us off for preaching on the Sixth Commandment. Thou shalt not commit adultery and said that that offends the audience. You can't do that. Strike one. So this is why we Christians have to stand up and not be silent. So I think what Bishop Sheen's pointing out is our faith needs to be professed out loud. That's the message I got. Amen. Venerable Fulton Sheen, pray for us. Amen. We have a quick video. Oh, yeah, that's going to be good. It's a clip to play. It's it's, it's less than two minutes. Mm -hmm. It talks about the elite's intelligent design. (laughs) This is crazy. Uh, And this is exactly where these globalists are going. They have this 500-year plan to eliminate pesky human beings like you and I. uh, And and, and they're ready to flip the switch. I want you to hear this uh, secular humanist globalist scientist talking about the plan of transhumanism and to replace the human race. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? We are probably one of the last generations of Homo sapiens because in the coming generations, we will learn how to engineer bodies and brains and minds. Now, how exactly will the future masters of the planet look like? This will be decided by the people who own the data. Now, why is data so important? It's important because we've reached the point when we can hack not just computers, we can hack human beings and other organisms. Now, what do you need in order to hack a human being? You need two things. You need a lot of computing power, and you need a lot of data, especially biometric data. But control of data might enable human elites to do something even more radical than just build digital dictatorships. By hacking organisms, elites may gain the power to re-engineer the future of life itself. Because once you can hack something, you can usually also engineer it. All of life, for four billion years, dinosaurs, amoebas, tomatoes, humans, all of life was subject to the laws of natural selection and to the laws of organic biochemistry. But this is now about to change. Science is replacing evolution by natural selection with evolution by intelligent design. Not the intelligent design of some god above the clouds, but our intelligent design and the intelligent design of our clouds, the IBM cloud, the Microsoft cloud, these are the new driving forces of evolution. And at the same time, science may enable life, after being confined for four billion years, 
to the limited realm of organic compounds, science may enab enable life to break out into the inorganic realm. Okay, so what do we have here? Yeah. This is a 2018 clip, so it's not that long. This is a scientist called Yuval Novo Harari. He's speaking at the Davos, Switzerland conference. Uh, the, uh, this is at the World Economic Forum. These are the earth movers. These are the billionaires. These are the scientists that want to basically alter the human race as we know it today. It's called transhumanism. And uh, these, uh, these globalists, for them, this is their medicine of immortality. This is their holy Eucharist. Yep. They don't want to get to heaven on, on, on God's plan and God's design. They want to make a heaven on earth. Yep. That's called socialism slash communism. And they want to give people eternal life on earth by transhumanism. So what is transhumanism? I, I would just say this is the end result of Darwinian evolution. This is the devil's gospel. Right. Transhumanism is a belief or theory that the human race can evolve beyond its physical and mental limitations by means of science and technology. That's what it means. It means that we can connect the, the, human, the human brain to the cloud, connect the human person to the internet, and we can give the human being this Frankenstein life existence here on planet Earth forever. This is what happens when science is disconnected from faith. You get Frankenstein experiments like abortion, euthanasia, and now transhumanism, Terry. It's all about me, baby. Remember, they sing a song in hell. I did it my way. And they sing a song in heaven. I did it his way. These guys are trying to reinvent, so to speak, a god. They're it. They get to create, they get to call all the shots, and they really are, it's, it's pride at its extreme uh, situation. These guys are off their rocker, but again, that's what happens when you throw God out of a culture. You become worshiping your own God, and what is the God of science? And I'll tell you something very sad. We already did a show on this, but the Vatican recently, a couple of, uh, oh, yeah, a couple of months ago, yep. they hosted a conference yep. touching on transhumanism right this was a vatican sponsored conference where you had all these secular humanists and all these uh uh you know atheist scientists talking about the wonders of transhumanism and uh it, it was uh, you had again catholic priests and catholic prelates that were there sitting listening to this nonsense yep uh to to me terry this 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 is the whole this they also call transhumanism artificial humanity oh yeah as the catholic shame on any catholic priest or cardinal or bishop that sat there and didn't stand up and speak out and say heresy blasphemy this is blasphemy against the first commandment yep that's exactly what it is and this reminds me of the 1984 the first movie that came out the terminator uh, I remember the first time I watched it, and I saw these machines that they uh, <laughs> that they they made these half machines, half humans. Yeah. Uh, what's happening right now with this transhumanism or this artificial humanity? This is the Terminator movie coming to life before our very eyes. Remember, the first Terminator movie came out in 1984, and uh, you know, years ago, if you would have said like 20 years ago, 
do you know that we're going to try to give humans uh, a t- perpetuity of life here on earth by connecting them to the internet and to the cloud? You would have said, Jess, you're crazy. That's that's a Looney Tune tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. Guess what? It's no longer a conspiracy. They're working on it actively right now. Ter- yeah, see, just the, the consequences of this really is saying, I throw God out of my life. There is no God. These are all atheists, Jesse. Yeah. They don't believe a transcendent. They believe in themselves. And so what happens is when you do that, there's no right or wrong. There's no morality. No, it's my truth, your truth, whatever. So this is, the, this is why it's so dangerous to go down this road because they're doing something that they're going to regret for all eternity. And here's the big thing. We as a church need to stand up to this and proclaim Jesus Christ loud and clear and not be quiet. Because right now, Jesse, who's influencing who? These are the guys who are influencing some of our members in our church when it should be the other way around. Well, yeah, they, they, there was a conference on transhumanism yep. in the Vatican. Yeah, they were influencing us. And, and by the way, I would I think that most of these guys are, are militant atheists. Oh, yeah. But some of these guys are actually, they would call themselves people of faith. They're just modernists. Because any Catholic priest or bishop or cardinal that sat through these this 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 uh, diabolical conference yeah. and didn't speak out against it, yeah. he's a full-fledged modernist. In other words, he believes that, uh, uh, again, he believes some of this nonsense has to be true because he just sat there and said nothing. Again, this whole march towards artificial humanity or transhumanism it isn't a conspiracy theory anymore. It's not some just outlandish science fiction movie that happened 30 years ago. It's a very real thing. It's a dire situation. It's unfolding before our eyes. You have evil, wicked Frankenstein scientists that are trying to use technology to transcend what God has already given us perfectly, the human person. And they're trying to transcend beyond the limitations of human biology into this post-human existence outside of the Eucharist, outside of the promises of God. Uh, This transhumanism, Terry... It's a rejection of God, Jesse. But I'll tell you what it also is. It's the logical extension. First, the devil pushes transgender. Yes. In other words, you're not a man, you're not a woman, you are who you think you are. Yes. Now the next step, now now that transgenderism is kind of in place because the the, the U.S. Supreme Court has legislated in their favor, now the next step is, the devil's always pushing towards absurdity, now the next step is, hey, let's even question who's the human, who's made by God, and who's altered by technology. So now the next step is, we're going to redefine who now we not not only do we redefine who genders are and we use the, the education of the courts to get our way now we're going to redefine who the human person is because Terry they've redefined marriage right they use the supreme court they've redefined transgender by using the democrat party and the power of their legislation keep going Jess. and now yep. they're going to redefine what a human person is father chad ripperger says the science of the diabolic in a society, he says this, common phrase he uses, and Kyle Clements and Dr. Schneider. He says, the demon militates and pushes society towards absurdity. In other words, the demon's not happy with just stopping at redefining marriage. No. Now we got to redefine transgender. That'll never happen. Watch this. 
Now we, we got to redefine who the human person is. Right. The demon is always pushing human behavior towards absurdity. That's how you could tell the sign of the diabolical in a society. You're spot on, Jess, but what you just did is you exposed them for who they are. Yeah, and this is why it's so important, Jess, that people know their faith well, because you know what? If you don't know your faith, you can fall for this. And that's why I encourage people to get their catechism of the Catholic Church out. Listen to uh, our show with Bishop Joseph Strickland on Tuesdays, where he teaches from the catechism. Read your Bible. Get you know, know your faith, because this is really even people who are priests and bishops are being bamboozled by this, and they're like, "Well, I, I guess it's okay." I mean, no, you know what? We look at it as black and white Catholicism. This is not right versus left. It's right versus wrong. And what this is, it's wrong. It's an offense against God. It's the first commandment being abused. Hey, when we come back, Jess, this is a huge topic. And we need to be praying for peace in the Ukraine because we're going to try to spell out and understand what this invasion is all about. Very complicated, but we'll try and simplify it when we come back. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. When I want to get a balanced piece on the issues uh, concerning culture and politics, one of my trusted sources, Terry, is generally Crisis Magazine. I usually find them to be a very reliable source they are. Of, of information. And so I know some people may be offended. How come you don't have me on your show? I just happen to trust Crisis Magazine when it comes to something. This, sure. this, uh, they've just been to me a voice of truth for many years. Oh, yeah. Uh, the article's called Understanding the Russian Invasion of Ukraine. So during the 2008 Republican presidential primary debates, candidates Ron Paul and Rudy Giuliani had an infamous exchange while Giuliani was proclaiming the standard neoconservative bellicose view of foreign affairs. Rand Paul argued that the actions of the U.S. in the years before 9-11 helped lead to those attacks. That's right. I sit back like a juror and I just listen to, to people mm-hmm. and just weigh the facts. So needless to say, Crisis Magazine says Giuliani and the other GOP candidates quickly pounced on Dr. Paul's remarks, condemning him for apparently justifying Osama bin Laden's actions. Of course, Paul was not justifying the attacks. He was explaining them. Instead of painting the usual Bin Laden bad, U.S. good caricature, he sought to understand what led to Bin Laden's popularity among many young Muslim men in the Middle East. This is important. Go ahead. After, after all, yep. Bin Laden was only able to pull off the attacks because he had a strong network of support. That's correct. Why were his arguments persuasive? So now the article turns to the present moment. We need to have the same perspective towards today's invasion of Ukraine by Vladimir Putin's Russia. The invasion must be condemned, period. Amen. But we must be but we must understand which led to what what led to this horrific act by Russia, not to justify it, but with the goal with the goal of de-escalating today's conflict and preventing future ones. Unfortunately, too many Americans of our American foreign policy makers act like it's perpetually 1939. And every foreign leader who isn't an ally is Adolf Hitler. Just listen to Lindsey Graham on any given day. And any attempt to comprehend another country's perspective is Chamberlain-esque appeasement. Mm-hmm. Yet these simplistic caricatures 
do little to help resolve today's situation. As with Ben Laden, we should explain the reasons for Putin's popularity in Russia. We'd be wrong to say young Muslim men supported Ben Laden simply because they're inherently evil. Just so, it's both wrong and unhelpful to castigate the Russian people as villains. This is not a Catholic perspective, nor one that strives for peace. Russia is a proud nation with a rich history. We here in the, U in the West are horrified when we hear many Russians today, including Putin, looking back fondly on the Soviet Union, what we would call the evil empire. However, their nostalgia is not an attempt to resurrect the evil of communism, but instead to bring back their position as a successful world power. Russia had influence and was respected in fear by other nations before the October Revolution. Tsarist Russia was a backward medieval nation that had fallen far behind Western countries and too many Russians. The Soviet Union was the imperfect means that led to their emergence as a world power. So needless to say then, the fall of the Soviet Union was both welcomed and lamented in Russia. The 1990s was a decade-long identity crisis for the Russian people. How would they move forward in this new world order in which they were no longer a true superpower? Terry? Jesse, continue. Unfortunately, it was during this critical time that the West, led by the United States, did not reach out to them to build them up as an ally, but instead treated them as a defeated foe. That's true, Jesse. That could be trampled upon. We promised no expansion of NATO. We did, east of Germany, but soon broke that promise, eventually extending NATO's borders all the way to the Russian border. The West felt it could just dictate and later changed terms as it saw fit. Well, that's not right. It was into this situation that Putin rose to power. He understood because he shared the Russian desires to be great again. Something similar to President, Bush, President Trump when he said, make America great again. So, yes. so it's to be treated as an equal at the table with the United States again. Because he embraced this outlook. His people embraced him. In many ways. Oh, yeah, here it is. This is the similar to the popularity of Donald Trump's campaign, Make America Great Again. The danger, of course, is the possibility of the devotion of legitimate patriotism into, here it is, crass nationalism, you know, where a pro-Russian president candidate was democratically elected in the Ukraine in 2010, and the U.S. backed a coup to overthrow him in 2014. Did you know that? To the average Russian, this was a clear and dangerous anti-Russian movement by the West. It was the U.S. working on the very borders of Russia to oppose his nation. Just check this out, Jesse. Think about this. How would you How would you? Uh, how would this affect you if you saw in America that um, you know, like if if this? Check this out. Imagine how the average American would feel if Russia acted in a similar way to our. Folks down in Mexico or north of us in Canada. Jess, we would have the same response. Yeah. Go ahead. The situation in Ukraine is far more complex than we want to acknowledge. Oh, yeah. It's not simply a case of one foreign nation nope. randomly invading another or Russia just trying to expand its borders. That's too simplistic. There are deep ties between the two countries. Yep. With significant numbers of Russian-speaking and ethnically Russian people living in Ukrainian borders. 
Uh, of course, this allows Putin to use half-truths to gain support for his actions. Oh, yeah. He's just defending the rights of Russians in Ukraine, he claims. The fact that Russians in Ukraine have had their rights at times violated with Western support gives the Russian president enough room to convince many of his people of the rightness of his actions. Let me say something that I think Putin is, uh, I, I'm sympathetic to him in a sense here. Yeah. I just got a YouTube sent to me by a listener, yeah. and it shows uh, Ru Russian people, Russian patriots in Ukraine, they're being crucified right now on crosses by Ukrainian soldiers. Wow. I, I, it's so, I just saw it during the break. It's so unsettling what my eyes just saw. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll never forget. Repeat what I that did. again, Jesse, because that's hard to swallow. I, I just got a YouTube video from a listener who's actively listening to our show right now. Yeah. And they send me, they send me a YouTube footage. footage. It's, it, it's, it's the Russian people. Yeah. Uh, being brutalized by Ukrainian soldiers. Wow. They're being crucified. Russians in Ukraine uh, are being crucified by Ukrainian soldiers. It's graphic. Yeah. The video is called, if you go to YouTube, it's called graphic. Ukrainians crucify Russian separatists. It's brutal. And I, I never knew something like this was going on. This tracks with the article that I'm reading right this here. This is what war is all about. It's a sick. War thing. is awful. It's yeah. sick what I just saw right on my phone. It's absolutely sick. I want to pray for, Lord, I beg you, Lord, I beg you that, that this war stops. I, I beg you, Lord, for all the innocent people. Mother, Our Lady of Fatima, I pray, I pray that you, that you bring peace upon the land, both these lands, and peace upon the world. I beg you, Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. And Jesse, it's, just to it's give... It's awful what I just saw right it, now, It Gary. is. And just to give an update from this morning, 2,800 Russian troops have been killed. 80 tanks have... They've been, they've been uh, uh, destroyed. 516 armored vehicles. 10 fighter jets have been destroyed by the Ukrainians. So what's happening, Jesse, is there... Um, I'll, I'll, just be, I'll just be... And we'll get back to this article. This is... Uh, few expected that the Ukrainians... Would emerge victorious? No way. They're gonna they're gonna lose, but they're inflicting heavy heavy losses on the Russian army. And I'm, I noticed that Putin this morning said, "Let's negotiate something." And I thought that was good. Let's. I think they're open to getting some kind of peace plan already in just the last first day or two of fighting. And I just want to remind somebody uh, this Jesse that you know before when Russia was communist, if you had protesters in the streets in Moscow. You would be killed. You wouldn't even get out on the front door. Right now, anti-war protesters are taking the streets in Russia to oppose Putin's invasion in the Ukraine. That's not that didn't happen 30 years ago in Russia, okay? Because the Soviet Union wouldn't allow that. Now let's get back to this article so we can get a real good perspective on this situation, Jess. Yes, uh, uh, of course. This allows Putin to use half truths to gain support for his actions. He's defending the rights of Russians in Ukraine. He claims. Well, I just saw that in a video, right? Now. I sent it to you, Terry. It's on I your got phone. it. Again, none of this is to justify Russia Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It has no legitimate justification. Yet, if we simply condemn Putin as the next Hitler who wants to expand Russia and his megalomania, we do nothing to de-escalate the conflict. And in fact, inflame it. To work for peace, we must be willing to understand the Russian perspective. No matter the reasons behind Russians, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, one thing is clear. America cannot commit any military forces to this conflict. If the past 30 years have taught us anything, 
is that when America engages in military interventions overseas, we make things worse rather than better. That's right. And now we're talking about engaging a nuclear power. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's crazy. Making things worse could make the world very worse indeed, like we'd all be gone tomorrow. Do we really think a President Biden can be a successful commander in a time of war? The question alone should keep you up all night. I have to also say this, Terry. Uh, you have to give President Biden pre a credit for consistency. Yeah. He's been consistently wrong. That's right. Robert Gates, 40 years. former defense secretary in the Obama administration, said this in an interview, quote, Biden has been wrong on nearly every major foreign policy and national security issue over the past 40 years. 40 years. In other words, Joe Biden has always been a disaster on foreign policy. Close quote. This is Robert Gates, former defense secretary of the Obama administration. This is why we need to be praying, Terry, because... Yeah. The person sitting in the Oval Office is not all there. Right. Also, also, former President Barack Obama in 2020, Obama tried to warn us. He told a, fe a fellow Democrat during the tw 2020 presidential hearing, he says, quote, don't un un underestimate Joe's ability to blank things up. Yeah, well said. And just remember, if we would have agreed that uh, NATO wouldn't be part of the Ukraine, this wouldn't be going on. That one concession seems to me like uh, war is a punishment for sin. That's what I'm hearing. To come back, we'll talk more about the Ukraine situation. Stay with us, family. Let's keep praying hard for this. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Yes, I got to warn the the audience. I just saw what you just sent me. My my stuff. I'm nauseous from it. I'm, I'm not, Terry. My uh, yeah. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to just uh, say some prayers when I yeah. get off the radio. Yeah, I, sure. it, 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 it's it's it, it affected me. Oh, I can't even. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm I'm, Terry, I'm just speechless right now. Terry, this is the consequence of war. It's just plain yeah. evil. The devil's laughing right now. Exactly. He, and we're going to talk about the Fatima Peace Plan. Let me just make a couple of other comments, and sure. we'll go right to the Fatima Peace Plan. Former President uh, Barack Obama, he also he was very concerned. Back in 2020, he was he urged Biden not to run for president. Barack Obama said he was concerned Biden would embarrass himself. Terry, and, and again, yep. so Barack Obama, who knows Joe Biden, underestimates his abilities to yep. govern because, again, his former defense secretary says this guy's been wrong on everything on foreign policy issues. Now, let me just finish the article here. It says, sure. although some are claiming that if we let Putin have Ukraine, he'll move, he'll move on Poland next. First, such a view falls into the Putin is Hitler trap. And it also misunderstands the significance of Ukraine in the Russian mind. Exactly. Further, Poland is already a NATO nation, That's right. which means we have an existing treaty to defend them if such an invasion occurs. And Putin knows we have that treaty. Our military treaty obligations are already expansive enough without creating pseudo treaties with any country under threat. That's right. It's uh, it's very easy in a time of war or potential war to demonize those we perceive as our enemy. As Catholics, we must instead work for peace, which includes understanding how our own actions have contributed to our current situation. 
This does not mean refusing to recognize the evil of Putin's actions at this moment, but instead seeing why those actions have such widespread support in his, in this, in his country. Only then can we work to resolve things as peaceably as possible. Now, here's an, uh, an observation from, from me. Okay. Not the article. Yep. Okay. Four years, Terry, with, with President Trump, guess what? No wars. We were energy independent. Yep. Now, one year under Biden. Devastating. Now we're getting involved in a war. Guess what? We're no longer energy independent. And guess what? We're buying oil from Russia. So essentially, it's the U.S. consumer dollars that are funding Russia to go to war against Ukraine. We're buying, we're buying thousands of barrels from Russia every day because Biden closed our pipeline. And, and, and we're no longer energy independent. Now we're energy dependent. Now, here's another thing I want to throw out there before we get into the Fatima peace plan. I noticed that when Democrats, Terry, come in power, yeah. I don't know, all of a sudden, the wheels of war start turning. It's just the facts, Jesse. I, I, I mean, just uh, and no, I, can go through the the, I can go through the history. Exactly. It's when they come to power, all of a sudden, whoa. War. And why is that? Well, he, here's, a, here's a, a term that's used by uh, uh, this very smart guys. It's called stakeholder capitalism. What does that mean? That means that when Democrats are in power, they're involved in stakeholder capitalism, which means what? They start becoming very friendly with corporate with corporate uh, uh, organizations like Big Pharma and Big Tech. So there's a cooperation between government and corporations. This is called stakeholder capitalism. And so when the Democrat government, when they're in power, you'll notice... Who, who also increases in government intervention? Big tech, big pharma. In other words, this stakeholder capitalism model is where the government favors certain corporations in public-private partnerships, and together they have control of the governance over the people. So we're being governed by the FDA, the CDC, the NIH, Big yep. Pharma, Big Tech, yep. and the Democrats. That's right. That's called, that's called stakeholder capitalism. But, but, and notice now that they're losing power around the world because the mandates are waning and, and the, the, the jab is, is, is kind of yesterday's news and, and masks are coming off. And, and so they can't give people enough incentives or threats to get the jab to continue this depopulation of planet Earth through vaccination. So now, hey, it's time for another war. And so what happens when the Democrats are in power? Well, let's go to war. This way, Uncle Sam can receive nice donations and kickbacks from Lockheed, Boeing, Northrop, and Raytheon. That's how it works. Heck, come on. Not enough people are dying as a result of the pandemic scandemic. So what Time to start a war. Guess what, Terry? Yep. We don't need to fight a war to protect another country's borders. We need to secure our own border, Mr. Biden. This is one <laughs> of the reasons why the Roman Empire collapsed. Exactly. Uh, according to historians that have studied the Roman Empire, yep. they were busy fighting wars outside in other countries. They overextended themselves. They didn't concentrate on defending themselves within their own borders, and they collapsed to the barbarians. 
Last thing I'll say, Terrell, turn it over to you. No, no problem. Jesse, Put, say it, say it, man. I, this is everything yeah. you're saying, you can back up with facts, bro. Yes. Now, Putin also saw, yeah. and, and other world leaders have also seen, mm-hmm. how incompetent Biden was in pulling out of Afghanistan. Oh, big time. That played its role. A, yeah. a, abandoning thousands of Americans and Afghani allies. And equipment. And, and leaving billions of dollars worth of the most sophisticated That's... military equipment to terrorists. Yep. Putin saw this, Terry. Oh, yeah. So, so is Chi, and so is the North Korean. De- they're all oh, yeah. watching this. Oh, of course. And, and, and they've Putin has watched all of Biden's incompetence. And he decided to make a move right now because he knows Biden is a soft target and, as terrorists call him, a paper tiger. Terry? Well said. And now I want to bring it to our side of our Catholic yes, faith. Yes. Jesse just gave a, a very good presentation on what is going on here. What can you do, mom, dad, kids, everybody? We can live the Fatima message. What is that Fatima message? Prayer, the rosary every day. Do penance for sin. Make reparation for all the sacrileges that are going on. Because I'll tell you, I'm just giving you my take, Jess. Uh, now, this is going to hurt some people when I say it. All right? Are you ready? Put your seatbelt on. I, I think it's demonstrated that the consecration to our Blessed Mother hasn't been made. Okay? That's my take based on as, what I as see. As per her request. As yeah, her, like, in 1943. Like, as specifically. Requested by Our Lady. Yeah, and and because I'm going to say this, I agree. Well, I'm just just the facts. A lot the, of cardinals are with us, and bishops, and Father yeah. Amorth. There are a lot yeah. of people are with us on this. Yeah, Historians. Yeah. And I and you know what I want to ask? I've got my uh, the Bible with the barbers. Mary Danielle is in the studio A. Mary Danielle, you're a mother. Uh, can you imagine our son's going to war over this right now? I want to have her give us her take. Mary Danielle, are you there? Come on, Richard, put her back on. There you are, Mary. <laughs> give us your take on the Fatima message. And how it applies to us, especially today with this war going on in the Ukraine. Well, the Fatima message was to, first of all, pray the rosary daily for world peace. Mm -hmm. But Our Lady also said, stop offending God who's been already too much offended. That's right. We need to give up our sins and we need to do penance for them. We need to make reparation to Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifferences by which he is offended. We need to make reparation to God for the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. That's right. You see, when we denigrate the Blessed Virgin Mary, we're denigrating God for the work that he did. It's, it's a, you know, I remember one time Jerry Maddox was having a debate with a, a Protestant theologian on yeah. her blessed mother. Yeah, James White. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the theologian said, oh, Mary was just a dirty rag that God used and threw aside in a corner. And I was like, did you, ca-? I wasn't there at the debate. I was listening to it. And I thought, wait a minute, you're not denigrating the blessed mother by saying that. You're committing blasphemy against God. Yeah. You're saying that we're just all dirty rags that God uses and throws aside. So the Fatima message wants us to really take to heart that we are loved by God and we need to live in such a way that we'll accept his love and believe in that love. And we need to give up our sins and we need to turn to him. And do I want my sons to go to war? No, I don't want. War is a punishment for sin. That's right. And so many souls go to hell during a war because people die suddenly without a chance to repent. Mary, you mentioned a reparation for the Holy Eucharist. The angel appeared to the three children of Fatima and tell them to say this prayer three times. Right. Okay? Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore you profoundly. I offer you the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ present in all the tabernacles of the world in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifferences for which he is offended. And through the infinite merits of his most sacred heart and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, 
I beg the conversion of, of poor sinners. sinners. Three times. Right. Yes, that's the message that, uh, that Our Lady has given to us, and I don't think we've heeded enough for that, brother. Terry, I, thought, I, want to, I also want to ta- thank Mary because she's the one that answers the oh, yeah. lion's share of questions <laughs> that come into Virgin Most Powerful through the app or through yeah, emails. That's right. And uh, I really appreciate you, Mary, because you're always sending me, you're always copying me. And I copy a lot. I said, wow, that's a great answer. I need to let's, get a, let's get a word file and copy that. So we have a Mary Barber word file that's where funny. we copy a lot of your answers. Good. Because <laughs> when people ask me the same question, I just cut and paste. And why, well, I'm not why go through thing. it all, yeah. Yeah, she, I said, she already did the homework. I just cut and paste your answer and put it out there. So I really appreciate the fact that uh, what you do and... Uh, Sometimes you'll send me some stuff to get my, my, my two cents, and sometimes I'll throw my two cents in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, every now and then. I, and so. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Jesse. I appreciate yeah. the help. Yeah. Hey, just a quick note Mary Danielle has the Bible with the Barbers coming on after this show. If you haven't uh, had, Mary Danielle has a master's in biblical studies through uh, the John Paul II Institute there at college. And uh, so she's going to be doing that. And for those who can't listen to it on the radio, go to vmpr.org, download our free app. Mary, what are you going to be talking about today on the Bible with the Barbers? Well, we're going to start out focusing on Genesis uh, 3, 22, mm-hmm. and, and trying to figure out the question, in whom do we put our trust? Yeah. Mm. Y- you mean that thing on my coin? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Well, that would be good. Do we trust in God? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a great thing. And so, again, people can join us there. Mary, we also have a conference you're doing on May 7th. We, we had the gospel today on marriage about yeah. divorce. And uh, we're going to be doing a seminar the 7th of May, a marriage seminar with Dr. Sandoval, myself and you. And I would encourage people to go to VMPR to get more information on that. Stay with us when we end. We're going to have Bible with the Barbers. Jesse Romero, finish it up with what state we should be living in, especially in these times that we're living in. Any conference put on by Terry and Mary Mary Barber, (laughs) you need to attend. That's what changed my life. Uh, some 35 years ago, and I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for Terry and Mary Barber. Hey, live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Pray a rosary every day. Read your Bible every single day. Be holy or die trying. Remember Our Lady said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. This is Friday. What do we mean? Hey, do some penance today. This is You're required. I hate to give you the... No, I'm going to give you the good news. Penance. Nobody gets through heaven without penance. That's this part. Without Good Friday, there is no Easter Sunday. Up next. Oh, and that's right. We got a conference tonight, everybody. Join us at 7 o'clock. Dr. Uh, French will be here to give his testimony of how the Holy Eucharist converted him to the Catholic faith. You won't want to miss it. It's an outstanding presentation. May God richly bless you and your family.